0: Hey guys it's Beth here from Beth and Andy. Don't worry he hasn't died. We have a slight technical difficulty recording this week's podcast and we just wanted to give you a quick heads up about it. There seems to be a crackly sound in the first 20 minutes and the last section of the podcast. Sadly we couldn't edit this out but it's a really good one this week. We've got some banging wine and some good chat so I hope you can bear with us. Thanks for listening guys and I hope you enjoy this week's wine time.
1: hair's got much longer as you can probably see.
0: Those lovely locks I know
1: it's since lockdown one my hair has gone from what was the you've had long hair your whole life so I don't know if you can remember when you had the shockingly bad hairstyles with the long hair.
0: Oh gosh yeah I did cut my hair once quite short and I was like oh no what have I done.
1: When did you do that? Uh,
0: I was about 11. It wasn't majorly short. It was only above the shoulder, but for me, that was.
1: So you didn't do a Britney, just no. completely shave it off.
0: <laughs> no, no Britney's around No Britney. Here.
1: Although that could have happened in lockdown one. Could have. It could have had. I mean, worse breakdowns. things have happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well I thought about at some points when you go through those stages, should I just get rid of it and do it? And it was really kind of like long in certain places, and it was a bit flat and a bit fluffy. Now it's it's looking quite glorious. And my guys at work, and a lot of our customers are starting to leave feedback on my hair on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really interesting. So if you if you look at Maul's Wine and Cheese Bar reviews on Google, there is two that actually mention glorious Greek locks. It's almost like we've gone from my glorious locks to a wine of a similar colour.
0: Oh, here we go.
1: Here we go. Here we go. So, what colour? And be kind, because I, I'm I'm not averse to striking a woman in anger. No joking, that's that's a joke, by the way. What color is my hair? Uh,
0: it is strawberry blonde.
1: Don't know. That's that's the no, worst thing. No, to that's the worst thing to say. To, look, any any gingers out there listening, you, you're a ginger, all right. You're a ginger. You're a ginger. Be you're proud a of it. Bloody ginger. Yeah. The moment you say strawberry blonde, that's like the biggest cop out. Have you got friends that say that of your age?
0: I don't, not really. People don't really say it anymore. Do I they call themselves
1: gingers? Do you know any gingers? No, no,
0: no. You they're, don't? They're dying out,
1: I think. We are, We're dying out. We have the superior gene of health, I have you You know. are
0: an endangered species. We are an
1: endangered species, and if you speak to the majority of men and ladies around this country, being with a redhead, whether it be a male or female, it's kind of a thing. There are a lot of ladies that like red-headed girls, or guys I should say, although my hair makes me look like a girl, and there's a lot of guys that like red-headed girls, so although we're dying out, if you've got any single ginger friends, make the most of them while they're out. Um, so, the colour of my hair, yes, is ginger, and it could be classified as being orange, so I've decided to drop in front of you an orange wine.
0: I Do you know what, I love the sound of this already.
1: You Love the sound of this.
0: It sounds almost festive.
1: You can call it festive because it's got a very particular taste. This particular wine in in, in general can be quite savoury. But for those out there that are going, huh? Um, there is no orange grapes, all right? So don't try to go around many vineyards and try to look for orange grapes because they don't exist. This is made from white wine grapes and it uses a process called skin contact. So without doing too much of a deep dive into skin contact, what that means is rosé wine is the easiest way of explaining this is made from red grapes and what happens is when you make white wine they take away the skins and all the stems and all that away from it and they take the juice away as quickly as possible because on the actual skin of a grape there's lots of enzymes that are released and one of them is called tannins and tannins is predominantly used in red wine and with rosé wine which is the best way to describe this when you a lot of people drink rosé than they will orange is the darker the colour, the longer the juice is spent with those skins to get that tanning colour. Mm. So if it's left for a short period of time, it will be quite light pink. If it's left for a long period of time, it's going to be real dark pink. So you know when you go in a, in a pub or you go into a wine bar like this or you go into supermarkets, they'll have real dark rosé. And automatically people think that must be sweet because it's laced with shit loads of sugar. Not necessarily the case. It's because the juice has been left longer with the skin to absorb as much of the tannins and this happens with orange wine where the white wine grapes can be left as long as four days up until months depending on how orange you want it to be I've seen some orange wine which is like like the skin of an orange it is ridiculously orange in color while the majority of them tend to be like this golden hue and you'll see this when I pour it into the glass and for those out there that are listening to this Now, this has been recorded on the Monday before Black Friday. This orange wine will... Someone's popular. Um, So professional there. (laughs) Out comes a notification. Guys,
0: I've got friends.
1: Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Beth is my forced friends just by a mutual arrangement of a podcast. Anyway, Mutual
0: arrangement of free wine. (laughs)
1: Yeah, free wine. That's why she's my friend. I give her free wine. That's why all my friends are my friends, I wonder. Um, This is actually on a Black Friday sale. So if you do listen to this before Black Friday, if it gets out in time, it might not, but hey, if it doesn't, just come talk to us. This will be on sale for Black Friday. Otherwise, you can buy this from us. So it's really, really interesting, and I wanted you to try it. But there's also another little twist to this. Now, I've decided, as you can see, this bottle is not freshly opened. For podcast listeners out there, this is a half-filled bottle of orange wine, and it's a cork in the top of it. Reason being is because I wanted to give Beth a wine that's been opened for a few days for her to try it now why is that important to me and why is that important to anyone listening because i want to try to educate people as best as possible with the christmas period coming up how important it is not to throw away wine that's been opened a few days just because it looks a funny color or it might smell a little bit off wine if treated correctly can last for a good few days or even beyond that Here at malls, we tend to test wine after every two days of being open to make sure the quality is there. And this particular bottle of wine has been open now, I would say, for about three days. And white wine, traditionally, they say it goes to four or five days, then you should really get rid of it. Maybe less than that. And I want to prove that theory wrong and try you with something new. And if you don't like the taste of this, we do have a backup option for Beth to drink. And it is a wonderful Chablis. So I'm going from orange to Chablis. And this orange is from Spain. And it's made of various different white wine grapes. And they won't tell me what it is. I've looked at the technical documents. And they just say a varied bunch of grapes. Which is not helpful at all for the wine geeks out there. But it is also organic as well. And it's got organic certification. So enough of this. Let's get some pouring. Let's get you trying some... Orange wine.
0: And vino. I'm excited about this, Andy. Good choice. Have you never heard of this before? No, never. Never at Thank all? You.
1: You've never been to any classy London wine bars?
0: Obviously not.
1: <laughs> Obviously not. And, and it's, it is quite gimmicky. I have to admit, I, I have this discussion with my Taste Along crew because I've just done one as a Friday before this recording and i believe natural wine and orange wine is a bit of a modern gimmick it's trying to make wine a bit more interesting in my opinion Mm. it's trying to push its boundaries to do different things but at the moment it's such a london thing where so many people are if it's not natural i'm not going to drink it it must be crap oh my god i've got to have this it's
0: very on trend
1: it is it's got its pros it's got its cons and when it's good it's good and when it's bad it's bad but Hey, we've got to be on trend with the people, and the people demanded this. Exactly. Oh, well, I did. Anyway, cheers. Cheers. And let's see what you think of this.
0: Got to do the spinning, spinning, guys. Of course,
1: what have I taught you?
0: I do this all the time now at the dinner table. <laughs> and my <laughs> do sister you? looks at me and she's like, Get yeah, alive, just shut up. You're not some connoisseur, just drink your bloody wine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? What? How about your and sister again? That, like,
0: Erin, uh, get out of my face I'm spinning my wine
1: <laughs> you, you idiot <laughs> was,
0: Yeah, my French accent that I also do whenever I drink wine
1: Kiwabunga Mick. Nick For me it's got a nice sweet nose to it which it didn't on the first day
0: Oh my god that's amazing
1: So that shabby can go back in the fridge why is that amazing for to you?
0: I just love it it's like not too sweet Mm -hmm. and the sweetness comes after Mm -hmm. there's a whole like journey of flavor there you start i think mike gets completely wrong because god knows what i'm talking about but i think you start kind of like more bitter Mm -hmm. taste and then you move into the sweetness yeah and that's really nice quite enjoyed that
1: so for podcast listeners out there beth is beth and you're going to get to know her and you're going to get to know how crazy i am and how Beth does tension this is not the first time you've done this where you think you're wrong no one's wrong not with wine so if you think that what you're getting is wrong no it's not your palate is it's developed over the years that you've been out partying and drinking cocktails you might have smoked at some point you might have done a form of drug you might have done you know you might have done many drugs uh you might have eaten spicy food whatever sort of stuff that develops that so there's no wrong answer so never say I feel really bad. No, if that's what you get, that's what you get. Mm. You do get that sweetness. For me, it's almost like a candied apple. It's almost like a, a sticky toffee apple type sweetness that comes through. Yeah. So you get that real sharpness like a Granny Smith before it then follows into sweetness. And that's what you're getting. You're getting that, that starting point, and then you're getting that lovely sweet finish, almost like syrupy. Mm. And again, this has been open for a good three to four days. I think it's been open now four days.
0: And I love orange-flavoured stuff. So this is right on my street, because you really do get that orangey flavour afterwards.
1: Yeah, but don't remember, it's not made from anything to do with orange, it's just the grapes and that skin contact. So as they've not told me what grapes are in this, there could be grapes that have different characteristics blended together to make that structure of flavour. You know, there's a little bit of blossom I get in there as well, but again, it's trying to show people via the medium of a podcast where they can't see things, that this is a wine that's been open longer than what experts say you should normally have that open, it's still drinkable. Yeah. You still enjoy it. Definitely. And that means I'm going to be pouring you some more while we discuss our topic. So what is our topic this week then, Beth?
0: Well, our topic this week, I think we couldn't not talk about lockdown too. So we thought that we would reach out to a couple of local businesses see if they had anything to say, what they've been up to, how they've been coping. And obviously, Andy, yourself, you're a local business. And I have walked past here on the weekends, and it's like queuing to get into the bloody Ocean Beach out here. There's a queue. Oh, thank you. People are getting their cheese and wine to take away. It well, looks amazing.
1: So, like in episode one, where I briefly touched on lockdown one, when I said, you know, if, unless I'm told you can't do something, I will do it. Like, my example was, if I'm told I can't walk on the sun, you know, I can't walk on the sun. So, these restrictions were just another thing put in our way that we said, right, I'm told I can't do this, but I can. What's my way around it? And it's just, you take it on board, you evolve, you adapt, you move forward. Like I said in episode one. And the reason why we got people queuing outside is because we evolved. We decided, in order for us to stay open, stay relevant, and to really hit a very competitive market, which is deliveries and takeaways, we would do our slates to go. And so we evolved, we took the guidance, and then we made it work. And everyone that you saw, I saw you a couple of times walking past, because I do front of house and greet everyone with their slates. And I didn't wave because I just didn't want to know you, and you smell. Uh, and (laughs) And it's because we took that on board and adapted. And this lockdown has been so different for us and with the people you've spoken to. It's probably been different for them as well, has mm. it not?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the first person that came to my mind when I thought about us doing this little thing was Cluedo. Mm. So Cluedo and Inc. have been doing um, takeaway like cocktail boxes. Mm. So you get all the ingredients to make your little cocktails. Um, and then they do an online masterclass. Where you all get on board and you all make them together. And it sounds really fun. I haven't given it a go yet. I really want to. Mm. Um, But it just sounds like such a nice little community thing to do. Mm. Like you could put on some tunes in the background. You could have everyone on Zoom. You're there making your cocktails. And for me, just that sense of being able to go out. And that atmosphere you get of people being buzzing Mm. and drinking. And it's like when you're in here and people are eating and chatting and... Even via Zoom, just having something like that is a godsend. Yeah. So I think what they're offering is really quite cool.
1: And again, I, I hark back to our first episode, where I did mention Inc. when we spoke about the late-night economy. Mm. They done a, they took on a risk, and they went, right, we're going to do this. And that sounds very really similar to the taste-alongs we do, which were on Instagram, which, again, people purchase the wines, they purchase the cheese, and it's almost like a tasting for them. And... That sounds a really a good idea for what their strengths are, which is, I've never been to Ink. I've never been to Ink I have never been in there. I've always heard good things about their cocktails. Mm. And I've heard, and this might be controversial, their cocktails are better than Yo-Yos, which is opposite. Ooh. I've heard that from people that come in here. Now, I've never been, I've been to Yo-Yos, I've never been to Ink or so I can't personally say if that's correct or not. But their strengths are takeaway cocktail sets. And if they're doing that and they're making a success from it, then... Fucking good on them. Mm. Again, I hark back to why the vestry isn't open, but they've taken that advice and gone, how can we stay relevant? And you're gonna remember that when they reopen, because they'll either continue to do that or you'll realize how good that experience was and that cocktail was, that you'll go there for the night out when they do reopen. Mm. And that's what is needed with hospitality is relevance. It's like what annoys me about lockdown two, where we saw lockdown one and the ramifications it had for hospitality. And now with this one you thought, okay, people are better prepared, they've got a better structure, they know how to better approach this and survive and make money and keep relevance. There isn't enough hospitality venues in pubs that might have really good chefs that aren't doing that. I would pay to be part of a Zoom, an Instagram, to learn how to make something better for my qualified chef, for my wife or family, in a social bubble, socially distanced, for a price. And I don't know why they're not doing that.
0: Mm.
1: ink thumbs up keep doing it but why that inspiration isn't running through to every hospitality venue? and that frustrates me because i work so hard to keep myself relevant and it proves people's queuing outside the door takeaways the shop aspect apart from ink who else have you spoken to is it within hospitality or have you spoken to other people inside no. other sectors?
0: so the other person the other kind of world i wanted to touch on um It's retail, like clothing retail, because I think they've had a really rough time in the sense that, yes, you can always buy online clothes, and a lot of people do, but I think maybe if you're from a more older generation shop or... um, I don't know not not a young girl who bribes from misguided and pretty little thing or whatever mm. then it's a different experience a lot of older people don't shop online and they like to try on their clothes and they like to see the quality of the product they're purchasing um and i just think it's harder for them to stay as relevant and in it so i did speak to um jason from regent tailoring okay um his social media presence is great. I don't know if you follow them on social media.
1: I, I think I follow loads of people, but I don't keep on top of what other people do. I'm too busy. But tell me about the social media presence. Tell me about what they're doing.
0: It's good. They, they've just always got funny bits on Instagram, and he's always got his face on there, and he's always trying stuff on and doing mm. different style logs, and it's very, like, um, it's got a kind of, like, vintage aesthetic, and there's, like, cool cars and stuff like mm. that. Um, and they do a good job of it and I asked Jason to kind of say how he thought things had been going Um, and he said I've been on my own worried wondering if my dream will die but warmed by some of my customer support fingers crossed we will open on the third so I think it must be really hard for those those kind of businesses because even though they can put their products online and people can buy online I know you could say Eating malls at home isn't the same experience as coming into this Mm. romantic building and being with the fairy lights and the atmosphere. Mm. I think even with a clothes shop, when you can't walk around a clothes shop and try things on and feel the clothes, I think it's harder to translate the sales, maybe.
1: Yeah, and there is food is the same, like I said, about takeaway as a competitive market. I can only imagine that retail and clothing, again, is so competitive because you have got that trap of the cheaper misguided um, Primark juggernauts that are out there Mm. that make it easier for you to buy something at a low price. And then if it doesn't fit or it does look a bit weird, you've not lost much. And with someone like Regent, again, I don't know too much about Regent's clothing, but I can imagine it's quite bespoke. I can imagine it's quite niche. You can't, you're investing in them. Like, like a bottle of wine, you invest in a bottle of wine. When you come and buy a bottle of wine from me, you're investing to drink it. When you invest in, say, a jacket from them or a shirt from them, you're investing in the quality, you're investing in it's going to be right for me and you're prepared to pay for it. I think mm. that must be hard because with money being tight, furlough, recessions, redundancies, all these words that keep being coughed out and what we are living through, it must be tough to... You don't want to lower your standards because you've built such a great reputation being up here... And podcast listeners I've raised my hand quite high um to then just drop it down to be mainstream which again I, I wouldn't think Regent would be no, that and no they,
0: I can't ever see them being that and I and think they shouldn't
1: they shouldn't no no
0: the part of it is as well as I can imagine is going in and being tailored by the experts that work there just mm. like when you eat here you dine with the experts that give you the knowledge mm. and the stories behind your wine and cheese etc and i can imagine it's the same in region you know you're going to be properly fitted you're going to be told about the materials you're wearing you're going to be told how to style them mm. and that's so hard i think to then translate onto yeah. the internet
1: it's internet is a really funny place because it's one of those areas where i grew up at the start of the internet and i was Forgive my my age and the year that the internet really exploded. I'm going to guess I'm around 13 or 14, maybe slightly younger, 11 or 12. And it's kind of evolved to be this really weird, un- my, unmanned, unlawed area where anything goes without any form of restriction. And it must be really hard to kickstart something on the internet when there's so much undercutting and variety and... Especially with the big juggernauts of Amazon and all, like I said, these these big these big clothing companies exist. It just must be really hard. But I do think there's a shift towards independence. Mm-hmm. I think people are realizing, throughout this COVID experience, I'm going to use a positive positive term on this. We're going to get rid of negativity now. We're going to talk positive throughout this experience. That people are kind of looking at shops like Regent and going, do you know, what? if I've never been there, I'm going to give it a try. But if I do go there, I'm going to make sure that these fuckers are still here. I say that in a good way because I like to swear. I'm to be passionate <laughs> yeah. because I'm an independent business and I don't want to see an independent business close. No. You know, especially one that has, you know, like you said, it's his dream. It's my dream, my wife's dream to open this place. I'd hate to see his dream be extinguished. And, yeah, I just think there are people now that are going to go, do you know what? I will look online. But I want to come back to the high street and like saying have that touch. And I think this COVID experience has allowed people to really realise how important it is to walk in a clothes shop and just touch and pick up and mm. feel and and I never buy clothes from online. I'd rather live with the same clothes that don't fit me until I can try a clothes on in the shop.
0: I'm even like a you know young girl who should be spending four hundred quid on misguided, but I don't.
1: Can you spend four hundred quid on misguided? Oh god no. Um, (laughs) I bet your sister could your younger sister
0: my sister to be fair to her she is a thrift shop queen like she would be Macklemore's icon she um, finds so much good stuff in charity shops and on Depop and because she's very sustainable
1: sorry on what?
0: Depop
1: what the fuck is Depop? oh
0: here we go educate me it's a app
1: Hmm. which
0: I would say sells second hand clothes for too much money (laughs) and then you're selling
1: it to me there girl i tell you i'm so in on this so
0: for example this scarf i could go i don't like this anymore but it's still good quality Hmm. and somebody else might so i'm going to sell it on depop and i'm going to sell it for 20 quid isn't that ebay it's basically ebay but for clothes and everything gets like a vintage spin Hmm. everything gets a this is really cool therefore you should pay too much money for it And it kind of annoys me because it's like, usually those things would have gone to charity and I would have accepted I'm not going to get 20 quid out of my scarf that it's Hmm. probably not worth. And I would have given it to a charity shop and then they would have made money that they could have given to their charity. But I can also see the good side of Depop in the sense that it is recycling, essentially. And, you know, young people do make decent money from it. If 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 they can, if they can turn it around into a little clothes business. <laughs>
1: well, you do you, that's all I say. But yeah. doesn't eBay sell clothes?
0: Yeah, it's basically eBay, but just for clothes.
1: Okay, so it's just an eBay platform just for clothes. Yeah. Okay. See, the, the beauty of this podcast is, apart from the fact that I'm hoping to educate the lovely Beth into wine so she can be at home and her sister can rib her for all the wine techniques she's now doing I want to learn these younger things I want to feel like a young 36 year old that's what I want to be at. so I've learned what deep is yes so when you spoke to Regent and they commented on this dream did did you I don't know how to phrase this without it being being rude did you feel sorry for them or did you feel like no I want to share this not just here but with other people because hospitality I know from experience it can sometimes seem like we're whining or it can sometimes seem like we're asking to we're paupers come give us some more did you feel sorry for him when you read this or did you just kind of think do you know what I do get this struggle but I want to help rather than just kind of look and go well it's my pity and if, if that's the way of yeah. wording it, if, you, if I'm trying to come across without being a complete dickhead no, about it. No, I what
0: you mean. I think, for me, for me, obviously, it's, it's a very expensive shop and they sell mostly men's mm. clothes for a start. But all of these businesses in Salisbury... I want to support and whether I can support them through doing a bit of editorial on New Valley News or putting something for them on my blog mm. or sharing their content on social media or whatever. People don't realise how far that actually goes. Like when somebody comments on my thing or just shares it, I'm like, thank you. That is so nice. Like you don't realise how much time and effort I put into an Instagram post. Mm. And then for people to just like not even acknowledge that it exists is like a bit dead. So I think just with these small businesses, even if you can't support them in terms of buying from them if they're, they are a boutique service and their products are expensive, mm. sharing their stuff, making people who can afford their products aware that they're there. Um, and I was, to be fair, I was speaking to... I did an interview with the new leader of Salisbury City Council the other day.
1: Oh, get you. Yeah,
0: her name's Liz. She seems very nice. Lizzie. Lizzie. And she... Um, she was saying in five years' time, she wants to see Salisbury full of independent shops and buzzing again. And I really hope that that will be the case and that these independents won't disappear and that we will keep them and that we can encourage more. Hmm. Um, because I do think Salisbury needs it. We have a few, but I don't think we have enough.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the whole independent discussion is, is really a, a delicate one because I would love to see the same. I'd love to see variety, and the guys that come here and speak to me, the amount of variety ideas that I'd love to see the city have. If I won if I won the big Euro Millions, hundred 110 jackpot, I've already said I would buy every single dead shop in this city that's not got anything in. I would go to the landlord and say, how much do you want for this? And they'd turn and say, 250 grand. I'd go, here's 300, fuck off.
0: Don't talk to me again Don't afterwards. talk to
1: me again. it's 300, fuck off. Because I'm <laughs> £110 million pounds better off. I would buy every single one so then I could go to young entrepreneurial people and say, right, I'm not going to charge you rent for the first year because I want you to come in here, set up a business, and then depending on how well you do, we'll then talk after year one and then we'll do a step scheme where we might go, okay, what's your profits like? You open your profits to me so I can see. I'll give you rent free. And you say, right, year one, we're in a 10000 loss but we're making on average £10,000 a week. Okay, right, okay, £500 a month in rent. Bam. It's not about making money, it's about keeping you here so you can grow to keep people coming in. Mm. To do something like that. The problem is, there isn't that support from the independent scene, there's not that support really from the bid, and there's not that support from the council towards pushing the landlords, to my knowledge, to force them to have to put people into dead shops yeah. so like in the last episode when we spoke about the ltz and i said about my idea and i'm just going to pitch one now again apart from me buying everything single shop if depay i was yourselves, in, guys. Yourself, pay yourselves. one
0: of Andy's I, wacky <clears> ideas that he's made up on the spot on the spot
1: i don't know if it's coming it's coming it might not work who knows it might be controversial i would force wiltshire council to go back to central government use john glenn as that avenue and say right This might be controversial. There might be so many legal loopholes, but I think we should get government to look at this, that they should force a law that says if a shop is left empty for six months, then the rentable value, whether it be for business rates or rents that you are charging that's unrealistic, gets forced back onto the landlords to pay in tax the central government to help pay back what they've spent on everyone getting stuff for COVID. So it forces that landlord to not just sit there and go... Well yeah I want I want 30,000 a year uh, and I get business rates which equate to 30,000 a year say it's 10,000 say for example so 40,000 but I can afford to sit here and, and write it as a tax loss they go no you're going to be charged 40,000 a year until you fill it I tell you one thing rich people don't like being charged stuff
0: no
1: force them penalize them because then that money comes back into central government or you then say after year 1 right You've still not put one someone in here, and you think this? We're joking. We're gonna double it. It's now eighty grand, and then after year three, we're gonna double that. It's a hundred. The moment you start forcing something, they'll put someone in. They'll stash their costs to get someone
0: in there. But it's a joke. It really is, and I'm not surprised that naturally, that the value of being in that space doesn't decrease rapidly the moment somebody hasn't been in it for at least three four months
1: oh no that's that's not how that's not how they look at it you i think that's, that's the case to, but it now it's be, not.
0: because it's like you should look at that space and be like oh no one's been there does that mean anyone's gonna come am i gonna get any customers mm. but it's just it's just crazy how but i i i'm learning more and more about things like this through you in this podcast because mm. obviously it's not something that i've really ever look, looked into yeah um
1: but you wouldn't i mean this is this is the thing there's a new Chinese restaurant that's just opened on Fishing Street. Is it called Co...
0: La Coe. La Coe. I went there on Friday.
1: Now, I'd heard about this through Salisbury Journal, and we'll forget about the Salisbury Journal. Although I said we're going to talk positive about COVID, the Salisbury Journal commentators are a bunch of fucking idiots. There's entrepreneurial young people that have decided to take a risk at this time. They should be applauded. And
0: Did the Salisbury Journal's like mine? No,
1: it's people that comment on it. You know, uh, you know these yeah. idiots that's the keyboard warriors that sit there and go uh, yeah
0: do
1: you know what I'm gonna say oh another thing Salisbury needs but what they don't understand is people come to cities to have something to eat and something to drink and they like to stay there and then once they've had a drink they'll go to shops and once they have shops they're gonna have something to drink so that's what keeps people there yeah
0: exactly. and I just think
1: it's just you know they've taken a the risk young people to to do that and I just think if you had that whole confidence and support from not just landlords, that de- deprivation of, of the, of the rents, but having the Indies supporting people like that. I think we would get that vision in five years. Mm. But it doesn't help that, unfortunately, Salisbury's a very conservative area with a lot of people that like to moan about stuff when they don't have to fucking moan about it.
0: Yeah, God, I God. I mean,
1: Christ alive. I mean, it's almost like, if you want to moan that much about Salisbury, fuck off elsewhere. I did not like the nightlife in Essex, really. And Essex is an area I wasn't particularly liking. So when I left in 2012, I was like, yeah, I'm happy to leave Essex because not because I wanted to leave family or friends, not because also I wanted to move in with my wife, which was the most important thing. But I always felt that there was a limit that that area had. I could see it change and it wasn't for me. And I left and I left because of love and I left because I wanted to be with my now wife but I was happy that she didn't come and live with me and that I came and lived with her down here. Yeah. You don't, like, sort that much and you say it's so bad and the Southampton Road is all clogged up and, you know, there's nothing here and I'd rather drive to Reading. Well, fuck off and live in Reading then.
0: But also, they'd rather moan than do anything about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, do you know, this is what pisses me off is you read people online saying, oh, yeah... Another eatery. These young people that have taken a fucking risk, which they should be applauded for. I want to reply, but I can't. I can on this podcast because I'm a gob. I want to reply and say, okay, Mr. Johnson, whatever hashtag you are, twat or face. twat face, or whatever <laughs> name you're giving yourself. I want to <laughs> say, right, what what do you think Salisbury needs? And he'll reply and go, well, Salisbury needs a close shop Sims Primark, going back onto region. Not a region quality, a Primark quality. Okay, sounds a magnificent idea. When are you going to open it? Uh, because obviously you know better than these young people that have followed their dreams to open a business. So why don't you stick the money where your mouth is and do it? Because they've done it. Mm. Regardless of how they've done it, they've done it. I've done it. You know, Regent have done it. Follow your dream. If you think Salisbury needs this and you're crying out for it, fucking do it. Yeah. Stop moaning when other people decide to follow their dreams at a time when it is very tough
0: to do that. And these people are great as well. When I went in to see them on Friday um they're all recent graduates so they're all in the same boat as me they're all like oh my god are we ever gonna get jobs are we gonna be able to do anything you know it was a daunting prospect Mm. being only a year out of university and suddenly the whole world has changed um and i said to this one girl who was talking to me are you from salisbury did you come back here after uni Mm. turns out she went to the same university as me and she said no i'm from japan but the guy who was running this said, I'm starting up this business, why don't you just come with me? And she said, yes. And that's why she's here.
1: So she came to the city that does fuck all and it's so boring, it's got nothing going on. She left Japan, who's one of the most forward-thinking countries on the planet, to come here. Yeah. She deserves a round of applause for that. So come in here and joining this team for doing this. Yeah,
0: and they've taken on this challenge and they don't know how it's going to turn out. But one guy on the team—they all went to bishops. One guy on the team studied sport and nutrition, so he's bringing all of his nutritional health knowledge to Wonderful. the recipes. Wonderful, brilliant. The other guy, his dad used to own the premises, so you know the dragon. Yeah.
1: I I don't, but it used to be an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yes, it? yeah, okay. So he,
0: we'll know it's, it's it's a Salisbury business that's continued and stayed on, and it's like the fact that that family business is continuing to me is important i don't want people to have to you know if they want to carry on their family business let them do it mm. i just i just i don't want to see that go and i think fair play to them for taking the risk yeah. now
1: and i think that council head that you spoke to wants to see that in five years but it's going to be a long road to get there and i think this second lockdown not just with what you know about inc and region it has had its impacts it it will change you know a lot of businesses and a lot of businesses will close because of it and with boris's announcement today again we're recording it on the day that boris obviously has announced that lockdown restrictions can be eased as of the 2nd of december and what will follow which obviously will come out in the press we won't cover it now because we don't know the facts until thursday what tier we fall into it will make it tough especially for the start of 2021 i think it will do but i hope that people do support independence but there's a lot of Hopefully, good things that come for it. I know that you've spoken to various different businesses and different sectors, and I'm very lucky to know different business owners and different business sectors anyway. Mm. And I've not seen as much negative because they've been businesses that have, like ourselves, decided to evolve from lockdown one, learn from it, and then do something when lockdown two was coming. So for me, you know, it isn't just about independent businesses, it's also about, you know, independent people. And I was very lucky that I interviewed, I won't say interviewed, I, I spoke to, but she wrote me this wonderful detailed email to our email address, which is gmail.com Is that correct? Yes. Wonderful. I've had too much wine, so I had to make sure I got that correct by the by the uh, journalistic side of the table.
0: I'm enjoying the flow of the wine. It is flowing.
1: (laughs) It is flowing. I tell you, I've moved on to the shabbly guys. I've moved on to that. She's she's so slow compared to me, but I am a professional alcoholic, and I keep saying that. And she wrote me this really detailed um, email about how lockdown one affected her. And she's a runner. Now this, she's a wonderful woman. She's a woman called Heather, and she's such a giving person. She's worked for various charities. And I I, I saw it after months, and we just chatted, and I said, look, this is what we're doing. We're going to discuss lockdown two. Can you tell me about how this has impacted you? And she wrote this really long detailed email that I read, and I'm trying to remember snippets from it, where she said from lockdown one, her mental health was really affected because she couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't do anything, she couldn't exercise, and she loved running. She'd do all the marathons Salisbury had, the Great North Run, London Marathon, all this sort of stuff, and she couldn't do it because it wasn't on. And she felt like she was being trapped in this bubble, and it got to a point where she said, do you know what, I just need to get out, and I need to do something. So when we were released from lockdown one, and we got to lockdown (laughs) two, they developed, at this time, a buddy system and she used to run with this women's group in Salisbury with big groups and they couldn't do it anymore for socially distanced reasons and also for the rule of six and they created this buddy system where you said I want to go for a run I want to have a buddy with me and she's run with multiple different women and they chat and they talk and they express their feelings. And they talk about the positives and the negatives. It's almost like a release. I, I wish mean, I
0: could chat while I was running. I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> Would you? Are yeah. you not a runner? No.
1: No. We should do a but, gym session here one day. We should yeah. get some weights and see how weights and wine go. No, weights and wine. No,
0: can we please do Zumba and wine?
1: Do you want me to do fucking? Z- actually, I'll lead it. I
0: used to lead zumba, can
1: you want me to do a zumba?
0: I'll lead the zumba. Right, You okay. can be my co. Right, do you know co- what?
1: Wait, let's let's do let's do a let's do a bet here.
0: Or size
1: What the hell is size Oh my
0: god, it's so fun. It's like it's like aerobics, but to like Tiesto and David Guetta. I'm gonna
1: die. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm for. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna do it for charity. It's not for charity because I can't think of any charity i want to give to at the moment. Um. Unless it's animal charities, then I would give 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 the world for it. Dogs my, Trust, for the Dogs Trust. No, I won't. No, because they oh. gave me shit last time we tried to give money to them. So that's another time, another story for another time. I think if we can get a hundred <laughs> followers on Instagram before the end of the year, I will do a Zumba class with you.
0: And we have to wear eighties dress.
1: Okay, well that's as be, in like all right.
0: Leg warmers.
1: Then that is two hundred followers.
0: Oh, okay. let's set
1: a target. Yeah. Let's get by the end of this year. I would do it in January to give it enough. Fitness it. We,
0: kick. January. Fitness kick.
1: Fitness kick. Because I'm going to do a fitness kick. I'm not going to stop drinking, obviously, but I'm going to do a fitness kick. I think if we can get to over two hundred followers on Instagram for our wine time, I then I I will do that as a as a as a Instagram with with you. We'll we'll do that. And
0: if we're not allowed out this will be a live stream obviously if we can't get people it'll be live streamed anyway yeah. even if the whole house is full yeah let's okay do let's,
1: do it. It, let's do that let's do that let's 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 put a bet on the on the table for that but we digressed from from the runner this was a really touching story and you're like you know what i'm gonna tell you about my diet um yeah so she kind of then for lockdown two, has now had this buddy system and they've kind of learned from it and gone, do you know what, we're not gonna go back to lockdown one. We're gonna keep people's mental health good. We're gonna allow people out. We're gonna keep the fitness levels high. So it's a positive side of how people have taken this lockdown and gone, do you know what, I'm gonna do something positive and help people. And I think that's what we need to do with this lockdown era is help more, but try to be more open. And, And I think Salisbury needs that. I think we just need to stop moaning and complaining and start saying, right, How can we make this better? Do you know what I'd love to see? Just as a crazy thing in my head, I'd love to see a shop owned by the people of Salisbury.
0: Football,
1: you know like football clubs have like uh, Dortmund... and Colts uh, Colts, yeah. They they like you to I'd then, love to
0: see a cult in Salisbury open a shop. Well
1: I got sent a Jehovah's <laughs> witness letter over here and I was like, when the fuck was I a Jehovah? Um, anyway, come talk to me about religion. You're not gonna get a nice nice <laughs> conversation on that one. Um I'd love to see like German football clubs like this where they're owned predominantly by the fans. Mm. So they don't allow big businesses this is why Red Bull has gone down real really badly in German football. They hate um, Uh, Red Bull um, Leipzig Leipzig, that's what I was trying to think I think it's Salzburg in Austria where they don't like it because it's a big company taking over a club and the fans don't get a say I think we need a Salisbury shop which is predominantly owned by people of Salisbury to sell stuff that people at Salisbury fucking want and I think that would do really well so if you've got these fucking moaners on Salisbury Journal website going I don't fucking like this I want fucking have this fucking shared shop where The actual funds generated by the shop goes back into the community as well as keeping the shop alive. Have a shared shop by the people of Salisbury. That would work.
0: What was the shop that was by Poundland three six?
1: Oh, that was a council-owned one, which had local produce.
0: Yeah, but if we could do something along those lines, like have you ever been up to Amsterdam?
1: No, my brother has, and I'll leave that there.
0: There's a food hall there. Obviously, same vibes in London. Obviously,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's like a big food hall and there's loads of different, kind. Of, it's like a big market, Like a bazaar. Yeah. yeah. And you can go in and you can say, oh, I'm going to have that for my main and that for my dessert and I'm going to drink from them and I'm going to do all of this yeah. stuff. And Smoke think,
1: weed. Yeah. Do
0: mushrooms. And then afterwards, I'm going to get really high. Um, but I think, Minus the high part. To have that in Salisbury would be so nice. Like, imagine having Mm. a kind of, like, you know, out... Sheltered, not in the rain, because it rains all the time Yeah, just build them. A sheltered marketplace Mm. that is continuous. It it only changes, say, once a year. Yeah. So you get given a spot there for a year. You can go, you can eat, you can try out all these different places. Mm. You can drink, you can shop from this small boutique while trying wine from malls while eating curry from the sarjahan why not that Why would work? not
1: again this is what we need to get apart from the fact we need to get to over 200 followers on our instagram yeah we Come need on, to guys. start this trend going i think we just need to kind of say to people right let's make an actual proper independent movement can you imagine Mm. And this is where we need to be the forefront of this. And people that listen to this podcast, share this with all your friends. Apart from our podcast, apart from our Instagram, apart from making people aware of what we're doing here. We need a hashtag. I I think we need a hashtag. We need to get a hashtag moving where we need to get a Salisbury-owned... Just donate like a fiver or a tenner. What's the population of Salisbury? Is it 40,000? Let's Google it. Let's not Google it. Let's Google it now. This is such a professional like podcasts that we're googling stuff but I think it's 40 I
0: mean we're drinking thousand? a shit ton of wine Andy we,
1: we, we are I mean 45 five. you're 000. so close so my maths if everyone donated in Salisbury 10 pounds how much is that? 450,000 correct?
0: yeah if correct. my maths is correct correct on Monday
1: that is plenty to go along to a decent sized shop and say right we want to buy this shop 100 grand 200 grand and then fit it with stuff the people of Salisbury so then it is a Salisbury bought shop a Salisbury owned shop by the people of Salisbury so if they say we want to have this clothing they could
0: have boats we could have a polling system yeah
1: what do you want to have make it a real democratic shop
0: yeah can you imagine what do you want in this little hall yeah
1: I think we need to get them I think we need to spearhead a democratic shop and say to people, do you know what? Let's put the money where your mouth is. You don't have to do 50,000 a year, 60,000 You All you have to give us in a year is 120 quid, 10 pound a month, the whole population of Salisbury. That's 450,000 a month, not just to buy the shop, but to keep it in there and to then keep money in the community so that if that's successful, mm. you then go, do you know what? We've bought this shop. So what we're gonna do is we're going to do a lease out to another younger business and we're going to take the money we've accumulated and buy a bigger building. And then we're going to do it in that bigger building. We're going to expand. And then once that's made money, we're then going to... That building's owned by us. We're then going to go, that's how you do it.
0: Before we know it, we've got an Amsterdam food hall and we're all Indeed. high as fuck. we're
1: high as fuck. <laughs> Let's get drugs in Salisbury. No joke. That's all on, we life. Need high on life, high uh, on life. High on life, high on life. So talking about high on life, we need to go back to the wine just to obviously finish this up. So from the wine point of view actually no before we talk about the wine mm. breaking news
0: oh yes the
1: LTZ is going bye bye that is gone so I was I'm for this and I'm I'm quite sure sh- it's gone I'm I think and I believe I said this on on the second episode uh, please forgive me if people go back and listen you know it's a good idea it's probably the wrong time to, to put it in But I do think it's a very good idea. Again, it's going to increase that whole carbon neutral city, all the green protesters that said, where is this? We're actually doing something. I just feel really bad that this is what the idea we've just spoken about is the Salisbury community saying we don't want something and the council overturns it. Mm. The council giving in. Now, let's hope the Salisbury community get behind our idea and get this moving because I feel really disappointed the council gave in because they just caved and didn't go well hold on guys this went this came out as a consultation this year whatever
0: but also it's meant to be a feedback thing
1: yeah instead it was a it was a protest of we don't want this okay so if that movement's there let's do our movement let's get that going but i do think
0: why couldn't we have made smaller changes that weren't so drastic and, and made it work. I don't understand why it had to be all or nothing. It's, it's always the way. It's always yeah, the way and it's, it's all or nothing. It,
1: it should have It should have been a case that the consultation came out. It didn't get looked at by anyone because there was no COVID. Now people have looked at it and gone, fuck, what is this? They've now looked at what it is and gone, we've got to stop this. I agree. Maybe the council should have gone, right, we agree that this maybe might be the wrong time. We still want to do it. We've still got the right to push this through. Let's tweak it and make it work. And keep this carbon neutral idea, but appease the majority. The majority are probably sort of be journal fucking readers. Because, from my point of view, I want to have people in the street walking up and down quite happily.
0: But also, you know what stuff. I think is that, to be honest, I don't mm. think there's any point with this pedestrianisation, in my opinion, unless it's permanent. I would rather see. What's that road there?
1: Uh, New Canal Street.
0: I'd rather see New Canal Street from Nando's to Byron. Byron mm. cemented and made a terrace area where people can spill out onto the street. Oh god, yeah. You can spill out the Odeon could do like, I don't know.
1: Outdoor cinema. Outdoor cinema. Oh, that'd be amazing.
0: Etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I'd rather see that than Half of the Salisbury cut off between certain hours and these ugly, ass, stupid bollards. Yeah, but that's
1: a government. That's a central government initiative. You can't blame Wiltshire council for doing that. That's that's in London as well. I
0: would actually, I would actually rather keep it all open. You can drive wherever you want, but see smaller areas fully cut off from Hmm. traffic where it is like the market square for example a big space Hmm. where you can go and businesses do have the chance to spill out and it's more of a communal area because realistically those roads are still there you still look before you cross them and you do that
1: anyway because you're taught that as a child look both ways before you cross and let's be honest there's some dickheads that ride on the fucking on bikes the opposite direction so you've got to look both ways yeah I think if if they did that and they didn't let anyone down there I think yeah that would be amazing the potential there would be incredible
0: if the new canal was more of a it was a second market square and all hmm. of the businesses along the new canal Byron could come out and have people eat outside you could have I'd have to admit though
1: for podcast listeners that, you know, know where we are, around our back, where our back door, our fire exit is, is an empty shop, which used to be Red's, and Chico Land. Now, I don't think that really the people that come here would want to sit out with Chico Land, if I'm being honest.
0: True, but... but if but... I'm allowed
1: to go the opposite direction into Fish, Fish Row, I'd be happier with that, because that's... Which
0: is already bloody pedestrian.
1: Well, it is to a degree. That's another subject, because unfortunately the, the, the residents on that side don't like anything fucking happening and it's very fucking difficult to do anything on this side of the road which is remarkable
0: imagine if you could have I wanted to plant a tree all out of there it would yeah. be lovely I, I feel want... like I was in Spain or you the know south what? of France
1: I wanted to plant a tree when they repaved the whole of this I said to the guy that was leaning it can I please plant a tree I'll look after it and he went why the fuck do you want to plant a tree for I said because when you look down this road at the end of the night on a summer's evening You look right down, you can see crew. There's fucking nothing there. If you had a tree that I put lanterns in or whatever, you'd look and go, what the fuck is that? And you'd walk down there, you'd see us. We're the only real late night place. Late night, not beyond 12, but let's say beyond 7, 8 o'clock. It would bring people down here, and you could do that whole wonderful outdoor siesta thing in the summer, and it looked really different. Not interested, quite conservative, don't want to do it residents won't like it blah, blah 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 okay well that's that's fucking killed that dream but no I agree I think if New Canal Street was like that that'd be fucking amazing see this is the crazy idea that Beth comes up with <laughs> when drinking wine but from the LTZ point of view it has been cancelled do you know what for another time we need to talk about that box that's outside yo-yos
0: oh now my God, yeah. that's going to
1: have to be dismantled because they're parking spots unless they've got permission to put it in parking spots I could argue... But
0: also, I why would, would you want to sit this far away? Small amount, listeners. Small amount. This far away from a car. You wouldn't. No. I wouldn't want to sit in that little box. I completely understand why they've done it. I what get What is it? I reckon when they open, it'll be a dining area.
1: Oh, but fuck off. a drinking area. <laughs> what the fuck can you dine from yo yos Smoking area? Sorry, but not smoking
0: dining, But smoking
1: will have to be open, which means if it rains, you're not going to go out there. So you've just built something that you're in the winter it's likely to rain
0: because of covid they're trying to stick people outside for extra seating they'll probably put some heaters in there
1: but you need to recover because i mean we find it very difficult for people to sit outside when it's dry out there mm. they don't want to sit out there it's cold so unless you've got a mass market of younger people that'll be like Do you know what i'm inebriated i don't give a fuck stick me out here it, it just i'm raising pretty...
0: my hand you're, you're
1: raising she's raising her hand but yeah, that's that's one thing that I'm going to see going. But the LTZ is gone, and we're going to move on to something else. The council are going to decide what else to do. The winter's here. Christmas is coming. Winter is coming, if winter's not already here. So we've got to move back to the wine. Back so the you've wine. enjoyed it. You've drunk all of this. I'm going
0: to buy a bottle of that wine
1: It is on. You. It is on Black Friday deal. It will... now. For the guys out there that listen to this podcast after Black Friday, when it's likely to come out,
0: I will try and edit it before then. She'll try promise. to edit it
1: before then, <laughs> uh, she'll promise. But she's a baby. She's the busiest lady in media in Salisbury, period. Um, it's going to be a one we're going to keep on the list anyway. So the Black Friday deal is literally just to be uh, something to give back just before payday and just before the Christmas rush, where we hope you come back and see us. Uh, But we will keep this in our shop. So, obviously, visit shop.mallsandwinebar.com to obviously see the wine we're drinking. But you enjoyed it. You liked it. So, what would you give the score out of five?
0: Do you know what? I think it's going to be a full house. I think it's my highest rated wine. I'm going to give it a five. Wow.
1: Why are you giving it a five for? Tell me.
0: I just loved the flavour. It wasn't like really tannin heavy like that you get with you know when you're telling me about reds and things like that I didn't feel like it was like ah. um <laughs> uh, I like a kind of lighter refreshing wine I felt like it had a very refreshing vibe I think it was as you were saying with the kind of rose blossom what you were you saying?
1: um a bit of apple blossom
0: apple blossom yeah it's
1: very appley it's got very much a granny smith apple in my opinion taste to it
0: but that kind of the sense of the blossomness
1: the floral aspect of the wine yes yeah
0: I really liked that and I just I could just see me very easily drinking a lot of that wine and
1: that's a wine that's open like I said it's about four days so again it's a wine that's been open that's not new it's not hit straight away like we do on the majority of occasions it's to showcase a wine that you can have open in your fridge you can drink you don't have to pour it away you can do something with it as so you a student
0: c- that would feel like a five-star experience
1: six years down the line wow so five out of five five now, out of five now me. for me i'm gonna go slightly less i'm gonna hit that i'm gonna go am going to, do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a proper oz clark tim atkins type scale here i wonder not give points out of 100 just kind of kind of do points i think it's like a 3.8 3.9 because i've had worse orange wine but I've also had better orange wine. I think this is a very comfortable, quaffable bottle of wine. And I think if you're introducing people to this style, like yourself, I think this is very much one to go for. It's Spanish from Castilla, which is in the middle of Spain. Um, it's very much a very quaffable introduction to orange wine. You can get more extreme ones. And I think they're very particular in taste. And the tannins will be much stronger on that. Especially if you're white wine drinkers. You're drinking white because you're not drinking tannins. Because white wine just doesn't have it, because the skins are removed. So I think that's definitely, yeah, I'd say about 3.8 3. 3. comfortably for me. And I think it's a very good wine to drink when talking about subjects to do with lockdown too. So, I think, I think cheers we should, yeah, I, I, yeah, cheers to it. And I think we need to to wrap this up. So thank you for listening, guys. Again, follow us on Spotify. Now follow us on iTunes as well. We yes. are now on
0: Apple. We are on Apple.
1: Steve Jobs will be happy. And thank you for for spending your Monday night with me again.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.